Hey everyone, um, welcome to my podcast. My name is Esther, and um, today today is the first of October, twenty nineteen, and I'm very excited about today because um, fifty nine years ago, go my country Nigeria gained independence from um, British colonial rule. So what happened was that by the end of the um first world war, uh, by the end of the second world war, sorry. A lot of people like I feel like independence was um largely due to the fact that um a lot of people were getting educated in Nigeria, some were traveling to um western countries getting educated you know they've been exposed to um the western idea of liberalism um democracy and freedom so like a lot of them so um so what happened was that they wanted to um establish that kind of um system back home so that led to different nationalist movement and people started agitating for the autonomy of their countries and all of that and also by the end of the second world war the the influence of britain and other imperialist powers in in Europe had already um started to win like they were already losing influence in the world because the US was a, was becoming um a global power then so so as a result of that they had no um enough um resources to sustain western to sustain um foreign empires and also the US was also um a certain pressure on them even Russia, because they during the bipolar world, they took conflicting powers. Their ideology, their idea was really, really against imperialism. So that kind of situation um helped um decolonize decolonization. So it started in India by I think nineteen forty five. India had already gained independence so that wave of that wave of independence spread to africa from ghana to nigeria and that was how my country was able to become independent and a lot of a lot has happened after nigeria independence i'm just going to talk about the good the bad and the ugly of course so after nigeria has come a long way because in trying to establish democracy a lot of um Coup have been staged that has led to the overthrow of democracy in Nigeria, but now our democracy is um, not to a great extent, but I would say on paper, like where Nigeria is a democracy, but there are lots, there's a lot to it. So um, there are a lot of there were a lot of there were a lot of there were a lot of um coup like in nineteen sixty six, there was um. Coup in 1975, there was another coup in 1976, there was another um, coup as well, and in 1983, there was another coup. So, what was kind of interesting in the 1983 one is that one of the um, military um, the generals that participated in the coup was General Muhammad Dubuari, and that same military man who was able to establish a military dictatorship is now the democratically elected president of nigeria so it's kind of weird 
and recently I've been thinking about it that okay, in as much as Nigerians love to blame their young people for not taking the country and its politics serious, I feel the older people as well should be out responsible because this man, why vote him into power again? Even if the young ones are not really knowledgeable, they don't really know what's going on, the old the older ones should be able to pull them through. So what happened was that so what I'm thinking is that why vote him into power? Because it was once a military dictator. So what makes you think that his authoritarian tendencies would vanish overnight? So like that's the question I'm unable to answer myself and I'm actually going to ask my dad because it was one of the people that voted in Buari for his first time, not the second term now. Because a lot of people have turned their back against him. So why vote in a, a, a dictator like someone who was once a dictator in a democracy like i can't really answer that but anyway so um yeah so after so since then after 1980 um so after 1983 nigeria has been able to establish um a democratic um, political system, at least on paper. Um, Nigeria became a democracy officially in 1999, which I feel is a good one. And um, so Nigerians are good people. Like, Nigerians are good people. And Nigeria is that one country that if you visit, you're going to enjoy yourself. The weather is friendly. can get really, really hot at times, like in... December, January is really hot, but you can enjoy yourself. Like, there are a lot of... If you go to the cities, the cities are bustling, like Lagos, Abuja. Like, those are the kind of places you can enjoy yourself. And if you're the kind of person that loves nature, you can go to... Like, there are a lot of mountains in Nigeria where you can actually enjoy yourself. The only Morocco, you may want to check those out on Google. And I feel Nigeria is a very good place and i'm proud to come from that part of the world like nigeria is my favorite place in the world yeah um yeah in nigeria you know our culture is actually very very different from the western world and i just feel i like a part of our culture but at the same time i really don't like another part of it of it yeah because for instance nigeria loves tradition like we love what tradition a lot and traditional wedding is like one big thing in nigeria so by the time as a lady you are 30 and you you don't have like by the time you're already 25 people are already asking you not even 30 now by the time you're 25 people are already asking you that um when are you going to bring your husband and that kind that sort of thing whereas in the western world like you can be 40 like if you don't want to get married nobody's gonna question you but that doesn't happen where I come from. And um, traditional weddings are always very, like, if you've never been to a Nigerian traditional wedding, you should go. Like, it's fun. Like, you should go, th- you should attend one. If you have Nigerian friends, like, just, any, if anyone is getting married in their, in their family, just, you know, follow them and enjoy yourself. I'm very, very sure that you will enjoy it. Then our delicacies as well. Wow. Our jello fries is the best. Trust me. 
you want to try it out but if you don't like spicy food then i'm not gonna advise you to take that oil you just tell your friend you know to not to add pepper but jollof rice is a very very great um delicacy in nigeria yeah then we have a lot of we have sculptures we have you know artifacts that you want to check out and you know they they are the the artifacts are a representation of our culture so yeah so those are the really great things about nigeria there are a lot of great things actually but those are the one i really want to talk about now but the good the bad part the bad and the ugly is that now 59 years of independence guys 59 years of independence nigeria does not have stable electricity like we don't have stable electricity supply you can actually be watching a movie and the power holding company will just you know and the light will be off that's how bad it is like you can be in nigeria for a week and there will be no electricity that's how bad it is no stable electricity like because of an on and people now have to rely on um generators and a lot of and different ways of getting power and i feel it's really a shame for a country that has gained independence for over 59 years i studied in benin republic which is a neighboring country and benin republic is really small i don't feel I may be wrong, but from my own point of view, I think the whole of Benin Republic is no. I don't think it's as big as Lagos. I might be exaggerating, but for you to know how, in terms of like development and all and all that, I don't feel Benin Republic is. I don't think it's on the same level with Nigeria, but the electricity is stable. Like people, like I studied there for over two years, and. It's peaceful, or like Nigeria, like you're, f- you're just you, you just feel a certain kind of freedom. It's not all about the electricity alone, but there there's more to it. And I stayed there for over two years, and I feel like I there's lights, you know, in Benin Republic there's lights, there's the there's light. At least they can do that for the and. The light is stable and everything. And I feel in a country where the electricity is not stable, it will be very, very difficult to attract investors. So that's one of the really, really bad things about Nigeria. And also for over 59 years, Nigeria has not been able to come up with effective transportation system. As Nigeria is called the giant of Africa, I read... An article on CNN and it says Nigeria, African superpower with no power whatsoever. Like we don't, we don't even have the basic infrastructure to open our mouth and say we are the giant of Africa. No, I don't even think Nigeria is the cat of Africa. Not to talk of a giant. Like there's no effective transportation system. You can like you can be in traffic jam for over. Five hours. I'm not even exaggerating. That's how bad it is. Like you can be there for over five hours, stuck in traffic, and you don't even know how you're gonna get out. 
and all of that. So, like, for over 59 years, we've not been able to come up with effective transportation system. No trains, even the buses. Like, you don't even want to try Nigerian buses. Like, if you're going to Nigeria, don't even try the public transport. You can get robbed. You can get... um rubbed on the bus like you're not safe to walk at night like the whole place is just you know i don't know i don't know the right word to use the whole place is just stressful like nigeria is just Lagos especially it's just stressful you understand then the roads are bad a lot of accidents people are dying and there's kidnapping on the highways so like for 59 years i'm not gonna blame um colonial the, the exploitation of colonial masters no i'm not because indian was also colonized we're not we, we're not the only country that was colonized india was colonized nigeria was not the only country that was colonized ghana was colonized and they're moving forward like india is actually becoming um an emerging power like imagine global power like everything is booming the economy is booming but nigeria for 59 years we still stuck in one place so that's one thing about Nigeria. The roads are bad. Transportation, zero. And to make matters worse, I think over the years, I don't even think, I know for for sure that our democracy has gone from bad to worse. Honestly, our democracy has gone from bad to worse. There's total disrespect for the rule of law. Okay, let me cite an example now. So, there's, this, there's a popular journalist who is a very big critic of the president. So, he was trying to organize a protest and he, call, he caused the protest revolution now. He called the protest revolution now. So, but it's not a revolution as such. He wasn't trying to overthrow the president. He was just trying to... Um, to call for um people it, it was just trying to call people to stage a protest and to ensure that there's a democratic reform that will make the country better so he's not trying to like cause a revolution like a violent revolution as such no it's just like the reform or it's calling it was calling for the reform of the society and this man was picked up by the department of state security and it was out. So what happened is that was that um, the DSS approached the court of law and and sought for the permission of the court of law to keep the journalist in prison for forty five days. And the court said, okay, that's fine. You can keep him for forty five days. The court granted the DSS that opportunity to keep the man the journalist in prison for 45 days so after 45 days i'd already passed so and they okay they lay they um they charged him to court and the charges were um an attempt to cause um i think the charges were treasonable felony or something like that so they the um the trial started and so when the trial started so what the first trial was that um after so the first court hearing the the lawyer sought for the permission of the court to grant the man the journalist bail for 
Grant the journalist bill. So and the court granted the permission to and the court ordered the DSS to release the journalist so he can come for his trial from his home. So and they ordered the journalist to the court also ordered the journalist to drop his international passport of which he complied. But do you know the funniest thing? After the court had ordered the DSS, that is the Department of State Security, to release the journalist, the DSS refused, and is still refusing because the case is still on now. The DSS ref- is refusing to release the man in prison custody, in their custody. And what it is is that they were even saying that... um that the the judge who passed such verdicts can even get into trouble for ordering the court to release the journalist in DSS custody. And you know the funniest thing now is that now they've <laughs> after the court had already ordered them to release the journalist, the DSS have approached the court again, but now with another judge, with another um judge. And they've started, they've started a, they've started a trial and refused to obey the court's order. Which means the man is going to be in their custody for as long as they want. So now the, the new judge, is different from the one who ordered the release, of the journalist, which is a total disrespect for the rule of law. Cause I really don't get the idea of checks and balances, in Nigeria when the court of law says release a person. And the and the and the chief executive, which is basically the president, says no, I don't want to release him. That means the court, the judiciary, cannot check the powers of the executive in Nigeria. That's how bad our democracy has gone. And that particular journalist is not the first person. There's been another man too who has been in the in DSS custody for over I think for over two years of yeah for over two years now and they're refusing to release him despite the court granting him bail so that's how bad it is now they're even proposing another thing the, what they're proposing is not that they want to ban instagram so what happened in nigeria instagram is like their people are criticizing the government attacking him massively attacking the president on instagram in comment sections or telling him about his um, you know, um, incompetence and how it's driving Nigerians crazy and all of that. So what they are doing now is they want to ban the Instagram. So the excuse is that it's making the youth lazy. Now Instagram is contributing to the laziness of Nigerian youth. Is that I can't really I can't wrap my head around it, cause I'm just thinking that would Nigeria become China? Of course, not in terms of economic boom, but in terms of totalitarianism because now there's no western you can't access western platform in china in you can't access western platform like facebook twitter and a whole lot of them in china so i don't know what's the president trying to do is president trying to is the president trying to drive us to the um chinese style political system that's what i can't really wrap my Head around that's why I can't really th- I can't really understand the motive behind this 
whole thing so that's how so that's one of, that's the that's what's happening in nigeria now yeah so i'm really really ashamed of the political system like democracy has gone from bad to worse over the years 59 years of independence i don't think anything has changed in terms of politics economy the economy like the economy is getting worse every day by the, every six minutes every six minutes nigerians every six minutes nigeria nigerians are becoming poorer more than the poverty like they're dropping below the poverty rates nothing is working the system is working the system is not working the judiciary is not working so that's how bad it is that's 59 years of independence but i'm hoping that everything will get better like it's a gradual process but i don't think that it's gonna happen unless everyone is everyone is ready like we are all ready to actively change our political situation both political and economic situation yeah thanks for listening to my podcast and i hope you've enjoyed it